I'd like to talk about persuasion using artificial intelligence. Right now, AI is taking the world by storm, and it is the future, I guarantee you that. But where are we right now in the field of persuasion using AI? That's what I'd like to talk about. So let me tell you a story about something that happened to me. Um, I needed to hire a copywriter to write a drip campaign, email drip campaign, to my customer database. And I didn't have time to do it myself, and I wanted a fresh perspective from somebody that has a different personality type than myself because I wanted to open up this software to another personality type. So what I did was I went out to one of these outside contracting agencies um, that you find on the internet, and there's a bunch of them. And you know, you can get um, people, professionals to do work for you um, at a fraction of the cost. And sometimes these are really good, and sometimes they can be they can be hit or miss. Uh, when I've done stuff like having artwork generated, like pictures and drawings, it's been really good. The same with having CAD design work done, that's been also pretty good and, and very cost effective. But when I've tried to do something that's a little bit more creative, in this case copywriting, I've found it to be more on the miss side. So I had low expect expectations going into this process, but I decided to go ahead and do it anyway. I wasn't gonna risk a lot of money. Um, that was one of the things that I was gonna make sure I was gonna do some a little bit of test, you know, and it's just throw a little bit of money out there and see if it generates some ideas. And even if the copy wasn't good, what I was hoping for was a different perspective on the software so that you know I when I came time to write my own copy I could use those ideas and incorporate them into the into the copy so I, I went out and I hired somebody to do it and he didn't ask me any questions and that was kind of maybe the first red flag you know because the first step in being persuasive is knowing who the customer is. And that's kind of what we talk about in this podcast is who is that customer and what do they value? And he didn't ask me any of those questions. And then the second red flag was uh, he asked me how many words I wanted. And, and first of all, I wanted um, a drip campaign. So that was multiple emails. Um, and I wanted to do a minimum of six emails. And I'm not looking for a word count. What I'm looking for was, you know, a series of emails that would go out to this list. Uh, but he kept being persistent on the number of words because he wanted to charge me by the number of words. And first it was going to be a thousand words for a hundred dollars or ten cents a word. Um, and then I talked him down to say, no, I don't need that. Well, he says, how many, how many words do you want? And I says, well, it's not the number of words that I want. It's I want I want them to be persuasive. So no, you know, so if it takes ten words to be persuasive, or a hundred words per, or to be persuasive, or even you know three thousand words, um, whatever it takes. I just want it to be to have a conversion rate on this copy. 
because that's the most important thing. You know, if you know, even you know, spending a lot of money to be to have good conversion is worth it. But he was persistent on the number of words. So we agreed on 200 words for $20. And I said, okay, $20, I can afford to spend that. So he comes back a couple of days later and the copy was just garbage. It was just incomprehensible gibberish, you know, and let me read just a couple of sentences from it. Um, It's fast. It's furious. It's rockets. Roxim is a computer program. And it's like there's the the punctuation in this is just horrible. Uh, and then there's one line that just got really rock that really. See, I'm trying to sell software about a rocket. Um, but it's just not nearly rocket, but really rocket. What does that mean? But not just nearly rocket, but really rocket. And at that point, I knew that this was generated by an AI copywriting program. And there's a ton of them out there. And, you know, I don't even know where to start. You know, I, I paid somebody to write it. And what he did was he went out and he used AI to generate the copy. And he wanted to pass this off as persuasive copy. In fact, he wrote... Um, his, his little blurb in front of my copy says, this sales copy that will arrest your website visitors, grab their attention and give them no option other than for them to draw out their credit card and purchase your product or service and also turn them to potential customer which will lead massive conversion. Even that was generated by an AI. So how do you tell that it's generated by an AI? So how, you know, what does an AI do? So I've used AI programs in the past just to try them out to see if they could. What I wanted to do in another instance was I, I every week for the last 20 years, I've been putting out a newsletter for my Rocket customers on my other website. And at this point, I, um, in order to save time, I wanted to take old articles and then just rewrite them and then send them out to the list, you know, because 20 years later, it's a whole new crop of customers. So these people haven't seen that content before. But I wanted it to be a little bit fresher so that if there were older customers that had seen it 20 years ago, they wouldn't take it as the same thing. So I tried out these AI softwares to see what would happen if I took an old article, fed it through the AI, and how it would come back. And it came back like, kind of like what I described. It came back kind of, sort of, their words and their new words, but they don't quite make sense. And, and, and they actually made better sense than what this guy sent me. Because what I fed the AI was actually good copy. So what an AI does and how it works, first it goes, you feed it a topic. You know, this is like a keyword phrase and you feed it something and it goes out to the internet and it does an internet search and it comes back with 
maybe hundreds or thousands of websites that talk about that topic. And then it goes to those websites and it scrubs their copy, puts it in a database, and then it starts grabbing sentences or maybe paragraphs from those other websites and it creates a document. Um, and so it, it tries not to just regurgitate those old sentences, you know, like taking sentence A from one and B from another and putting them together. It'll take sentence A from one and B from the other, but then it'll take those sentences and massage those sentences as well. So say the sentence, you know, had a sentence structure like, like a recipe. You know, if you take ingredient A plus ingredient B and you mix them together, you're going to come up with result C. A plus B equals C. So what the AI will do, it, was, it will reverse that order. If you want C, you should take A and ingredient B and mix them together. And so, see what it did there is just it just flipped the sentence. The other thing it will do, it was it will flip individual words in those sentences. It'll go to a synonym finder like a thesaurus, and it will just swap out words that mean practically the same thing, but they're now it's a different word. And so that's kind of the gist of how AI works. And the one thing that should set off an alarm bell is when they say, you know, they'll run their copy through a plagiarism checker. A plagiarism checker. Because they don't want the copy coming out to be something that somebody else has already said. So what the AI does is it takes information in and re grinds it up and spits it back out. But what it lacks is, uh, it's, it's just, it's hard to describe. It lacks features and benefits that a real person would talk about. You know, it's just gra grabbing random sentences and throwing them together where a real person, when they're talking about something, is going to talk about the features and the benefits of a product. An AI, and here's the, the big, you know, aha moment, is that AIs don't have values. Therefore, they cannot create benefits from features on their own. So, as a copywriter myself, we talk about features and benefits all the time. You know, you, you take a product, and what a feature is, is an attribute of that product, and it may be a physical attribute, and it's usually a physical attribute. Uh, you know, take something simple like a ballpoint pen. And, you know, so the ballpoint, you know, the part where the ink comes out, is a feature. Now, the benefit is what the feature does for you. And this is what an AI can't do. It could take, it can describe features, but it can't generate on its own the benefits. And this is why it's got to go out to the internet and find other people's perceptions 
of a product and try to, you know, and, you know, copy their benefits. It can't create benefits on its own. And this is the big hiccup, you know, the big, you know, Achilles heel of AI. It can't generate benefits. Uh, maybe in the future, but I, I kind of doubt it. And I kind of worry about it too. Um, you know, because what an AI does best is to categorize things. Um, you know, like an astronomer will look up into the sky and see a million stars. And it will take that database and it will give it to an AI machine. And then the AI will categorize it. It might categorize it by, you know, the size of the star, the color of the star, the age of the star, the proximity to other stars. Does the star have a known planetary system around it? You know, all that stuff. And what the AI can do is it can just go through that data really fast, categorize it, and spit out a list. But it can't tell you which star you should go to unless you give it some criteria, you know, the benefits. It's not going to create the benefits on its own. So, you know, in order for an AI to do that, it's going to need values. It's going to need a way to tell what's good and what's bad. And without being told, it can't do it. So how do you program that into a computer so that it has that information to start with? Well, in humanity as a whole, we have four personality types of people. And each personality temperament has their own set of values. And so when I talk to somebody, I'm giving my values as a person with the SJ in Myers-Briggs, the sensing, judging function. Um, I'm giving my values. And I call these people the logisticals. Um, it, it's the people that are the resource managers for the human army. And, you know, every army needs resources. And the SJs, which are the logisticals, provide those resources. Now, somebody with a different temperament will have different values, and they may not see the resources as being important where I do. And so there's always a clash of values. And this is why I wanted that outside copywriter, I wanted to know his values. And instead of giving me his values, you know, his benefits for the software, he just threw it into an AI and had the AI try to generate something. And so I, I lost that perspective that I wanted. So, so if you think of an artificial intelligence, what values would it have? Well, it's only on or off. You know, that's how computers work. It's, it's an on or an off switch. So it's always based on logic. So it's always going to have, you know, the closest temperament in humanity would be somebody that would be, I call them the strategist or the NT personality type. And it's missing all the other temperaments, you know, and particularly the NFs, which I call the morale officers. You know, they're concerned about 
how the product would affect people um, on a relationship level. You're never going to get that out of a computer, you know, because the computer doesn't care about relationships. It's only going to care about the logical part. Um, so, you know, having an AI generate persuasive copy, you know, and if you're trying to sell to a morale officer, it's just not going to work. Um, until the programmers realize that there are different personality types and each personality type has a set of values, you can't, you have to program that set of values into the computer, but when you're trying to make a persuasive argument to an individual customer, you have to know their values and then you have to feed them those values going back. So like, you know, if I'm trying to sell a ballpoint pen, you know, what is, we have the feature of the ballpoint at the tip. What is the benefit of that? And the benefit is that um, you can have a continuous flow of ink without having to dip your ink into an inkwell like they used to do, you know, 100 years ago. Um, the ballpoint kind of solved that problem. You know, you can just keep writing and writing and writing until, you know, in three years you run out of ink. Uh, where, you know, 100 years ago and you were dipping a quill pen in a little jar of ink, you know, you could maybe make, you know, eight or nine words before you have to re-dip your pen. So from my perspective, it's a logistical function, you know, and if I was talking to a logistical customer, that's what I would point out. But if I was talking to a morale officer, you know, what is the benefit of that ballpoint to somebody that's interested in relationships? So now I would start talking about the thoughts that you could create in the string of consciousness that you could express by not having to lift your pen from the paper. You could just get it out really fast so that that person that's going to be reading what you're writing is going to understand what you're trying to get across. See, that's a different argument that I made originally where, you know, for the logistical, it's about writing for long periods of time. So that is why it is so important to know who your customer is and who you're trying to sell to. And then what do they value? Start there. If you need a list of values, um, this, you can't get from AI. It's, it's never gonna give you that, at least not until it's reprogrammed. Um, and I don't know if or when that will ever happen. But I have a book that describes all the values of the different temperament types and how you can use those values to persuade when you're trying to write copy to that type of customer. And you can find this book on Amazon. It's a Kindle book, so it's not in print, but it's a Kindle book. And it's called Selling by Personality Type by Tim Van Milligan. So that's where you should start if you want to get, if you want to start running really fast in your copywriting career or if you're trying to persuade somebody. So that's what was on my mind today because this AI experience just, it just made me angry. Um, not so much... It made me angry because I paid a person to do it and he 
send it off to a, a robot to do it. And because it went to a robot, I didn't get what I wanted. And so, yeah, I'm mad about that. Um, so that's what I wanted to share today. And uh, in a future episode, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about artificial intelligence and where it might take us. Um, and it's kind of a scary, you know, a dystopian future if we don't do it correctly. But on the other hand, you know, I'm not, I'm not a pessimist, I'm an optimist. Um, there's a lot of cool things that AI can do and it's already doing. And so maybe we'll talk about that in the future. So my name is Tim Van Milligan and you've been listening to the Customer Secrets Podcast. And until next time, have a great day.